Learn how to manage your energy and grow your capacity in 10 minutes a day. If you've ever heard me talk about energetic time management, it's the core skill that I teach all my clients. I created this over 10 years ago when I was in the middle of recovering from stage four cancer. I had to figure out how to work, how to parent and take care of myself. And that's how ETM or energetic time management was born. And for a limited time, I'm going to be giving it away. Yep, you heard me correctly. I'm giving the actual skill and the step-by-step away to you. My, it's my ETM habit challenge. So head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash E-T-M and use promo code podcast to get free access for a limited time. Hello, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this. I know. Do you actually remember when we first connected? Like what year it was? Month? It was definitely this year, but I want to say it was maybe March, February, March. Wow. I mean, it was a long time ago. So I saw you on my calendar again and I asked my team, I'm like, I thought I already did a podcast with her. Like, no, Heather, you had an intro call to see if it was aligned. And I remember at that time being incredibly excited to have a conversation with you because your podcast is called Salad with a Side of Fries. And my nutri- I say my nutrition journey started in 2020, which is ridiculous because I've been eating since the day I was born. Well, be even before that, through the umbilical cord. Right? For so many of us. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. And we are, we've been eating. I heard somebody else say this. They're like, listen, you can like not, you can choose to not exercise in your life and do all these other things, but you can't not eat. So why don't you just, and you're going to be doing this forever. So why don't you get some nutritional education and figure it out? And I'm like, a hundred percent. So anyways, your podcast called Salad with a Side of Fries. I was very attracted to the side of fries because I am, I do not uh, buy into perfection. Same progress, not perfection. And I can see one of my biggest fears when I started my nutritional journey, air quotes, was buying into diet culture. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you today, because I know we serve similar audiences through different kind of pain points. Um, So let's get in it today. And I know everyone asks, says, what's your story? Blah, blah, blah. But like, explain to me what salad with a side of fries represents and means to you and how you got there. Salad with a side of fries is living life while still making our health a priority. Mm. Full stop. But it doesn't, I think, to your point of, you know, our perception of a health coach or our perception of what it takes to be healthy is... And obviously this is an exaggeration, but it's like eating only things that are green, right? And you're a terrible human when you choose Oreos, right? And it's like, wait a minute, like everybody's just got to slow their roll because I'm sorry, like in my world, I don't want to live a life without fries or dessert Mm -hmm. or a cocktail now and then, right? Like, So it's about living life and finding whatever that looks like for you. 
because there are pieces of this that I talk about all the time that are fundamentally human. Like you were saying, right? We start eating from even pre-birth, <laughs> right? And yet we're not really taught this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there, and certainly as a human, you can go the rest of your life without going to a gym, but you couldn't go the rest of your life without eating. So there are elements that are fundamentally human. And then the nuance is where it becomes very personal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I see with people and my clients and what I did before I learned all this stuff was hyper-focusing on these little details while like the big stuff wasn't handled. And then we're wondering why we're not making progress or we're not getting to where we want to be. And I sort of say it's like, you know, stepping over $100 bills to pick up pennies, Mm. right? Like we're focused on these little things, but the little things don't matter as much, right? Like if you have a house fire and you're throwing thimbles of water on it, you're going to tell me that water doesn't put out fires. Yeah. But if you get enough water (laughs) and enough pressure on the water, then we can do something with this house fire. So I came to all of these things through my own, I call it a saga of weight management. I feel like journey doesn't really do it justice. Like there was drama and there was ups and downs and the whole thing, (laughs) you know. Um, I was a dancer growing up and I sort of joke probably much to my family's dismay. I sort of joke that I grew up the skinny one in a family of dieters, but I was a dancer and I ate vegetables and I didn't really have to think about these things, but people around me and my family were always on a diet. Mm -hmm. So when I started to gain weight between, it's really between high school and college, I was like, okay, I know what to do because I watched my family do this my whole life. And then it was like every diet under the sun living on that roller coaster, gaining and losing, up and down. And every time I started something, I remember thinking, this is going to be the last time. And then it's not. Mm-hmm. And then we think that there's something wrong with us, <laughs> you know? So funny enough, so fast forward, I graduate from business school at the University of Michigan. I moved to New York and sort of worlds collided because I was looking for something to do in my spare time outside of my full-time job with the intention of being able to retire early and, you know, not have to work for somebody else for the rest of my life. And at the same time, I had my health stuff going on. And the two things collided when I learned, I worked with a coach and I followed the curriculum that I based my practice on. And it is the only thing that allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. And I was like, wait a minute, everybody deserves this information. This to me is like the nutrition education we're all supposed to do and no one ever taught us. So I said, okay, this is going to be my thing. This is what I'm going to do outside of my full-time job to create my own business. And that was late 2007. So it's been a minute. This was like before side hustles were a thing. This was before health coaching was a thing. And... I started building my practice on the side. July of 2019, I left my full-time job and launched the podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries, because it was really about, you know, the bigger mission of everything I do is to change the state of healthcare and empower people to reclaim control of their health. And I was like, all right, well, 
I don't know what to do with free time. So let's start a podcast, (laughs) you know, but it's really about helping people help themselves with this information because I'm sure you say it with your clients all the time too. Like I'm not doing it. They're doing it, Mm -hmm. right? We just need a guide. We need somebody to help answer some of those questions sometimes. I find it interesting. This whole one, I heard you say you were looking at the adults around you. And of course, everybody does the best they can with the knowledge and awareness they have until we know better. And then yet we still have this illusion. And I want to dive into identity because we were going to talk about this of like, what do I identify as, right? Um, Especially when it's weight. Yeah. Um, And feeling, I wrote down like feeling fundamentally flawed. Like, oh, I'm a snowflake. I'm just broken. Like I came into this life broken. Therefore, I cannot achieve, you know, my wouldn't it be nice goals or right. life that Either I want to live. that or I ruined it. Yeah. Right. That I ruined whatever this thing was or it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I mean, weight is a big thing that women have focused on forever, like body, um, all of that. We all have our own story and our relationship to our bodies and what that represents. The interesting part to me, and I remember having this moment, it's interesting to listen. I keep saying it's interesting. It's interesting. I need to stop doing that as a habit. Um, Last time we had a conversation, I felt differently about food the way that I do now. Like I'm more relaxed about it. Um, I was trying to learn a new skill. Then my brain was trying to get on, on board. When I would travel, I would get a lot of stress around food because I was like, am I going to make the right choices? Oh my God, am I going to be stressed about this? Where now my body craves certain things. And if I don't drink enough water, it's like, drink more. If I don't have enough protein, it's like more protein, more sleep. Like I get it now. My body has shifted into that. My identity is shifting. So we're going to talk about that. The other thing I wanted to say about weight is when I had more weight on my physical body, I was hiding in my life. And I see this from so many people that, or shrinking, like, you know, maybe it's not physical weight. Maybe you need to actually gain weight because you're like, but there's some aspect of myself. I was hiding an aspect of myself. I abandoned an aspect of myself, not just my physical body, like putting food in my body or eating a different way. That I'm not talking about that self-abandonment. There was a part of me that wanted self-expression that I I just would not give permission to do. The second I did that, of course, my habits changed, but I started to lose weight. Yeah. And felt better. So what is that? What did I just say? In your <laughs> in your world. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's um for most of us and what you're saying is that food's the symptom, right? What's the underlying challenge? What's actually happening? Mm -hmm. And so is the food a mechanism for playing small, for hiding, for not being noticed, right? And um, I don't remember, yes, that's a big piece, but um, I don't remember the statistic at the moment and you know trigger warning for anybody but we do see dramatic difference in the instance of 
weight gain or obesity and those who have experienced sexual trauma, right? There's this piece of hiding or not being noticed or not being looked at in that way. Mm -hmm. If there's extra pounds. And so there's a direct connection between what are we not dealing with or working through that the food is sort of acting as the Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. I often say um, we can use it as an inappropriate key for the lock, right? It's a tool. We need the food, but it doesn't fit in every lock. Mm-hmm. And we can try, <laughs> right? But oftentimes, when that happens... Right? How do we know if we're using it in the wrong context? Or, and I hate to say the word wrong, right? But it's the inappropriate key for the lock. If following the eating event, we're still thinking about the eating event, we're beating ourselves up over it. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's something else going on, <laughs> then maybe, right, we want to look at what else was happening. And then going to your point about traveling right? There's a lot about habits and behavior that are um, impacted by our environment. And we expect ourselves to be this thing and this perfection no matter what. And that doesn't take into account the reality that, you know, I sort of talk about like this bullseye the outermost ring of the bullseye is actually our environment. The center, the bullseye, is our identity. And so if there's a change in that outermost ring of the environment, it requires us to look again at the behaviors and the habits that create the identity and sort of work through that process sometimes because it's fluid. And we sort of think that we're just going to check a box. You know? So... It's interesting. I said it again. We're going to see how many times I say this. I'm going to try to, it's like a tick. I'm going to try to stop. Um, I'm really trying not to say. It's interesting. I'm listening to you talk about food. And all I can hear is what I hear my clients say, which is about emotional behavior And it's usually about something outside of themselves. What do you say to the person that's like, I just need another, and I'm not going to use the term diet because maybe they've identified that's diet culture. That's not going to work. It needs to be sustainable. How is what you are talking about different? Because some people may not want to go there. Like, it sounds like you're like, we need to do the emotional work around our food as well. Right. And people are like, no, 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 no. Just give me a meal plan. Just give me my macros. Just give me my blah, 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 blah. I need to follow something. Yes. So we do that. And the difference is I'm focusing more on how to eat. You decide what to eat. I'm not going to sit here and give you a menu of this is what you're eating every day for the next seven days and then come back to me next week to find out what you're eating the next week. Eat what you like. Don't eat what you don't like within a framework of how we eat that will support 
our energy, our vitality, our mood, our sleep, our stress, our activity, all the other elements, right? Often people want, like you're saying, either one extreme or the other, right? They either want to only deal with the food and they want the prescription of the menu and to go do their thing. People in that camp will find short-term results. And they will get cultural feedback that they are good. Yes. And then because we didn't necessarily work on the other elements that are at play, it will not last. And then we have that I'm a failure feeling Mm -hmm. because it's not lasting. On the other side, we have the people who go, I know the issue is my mood and my stress and my, right, the emotional side. Mm -hmm. And they want to attack it entirely from that. And I will tell you that that approach without the nutrition side I sort of feel like is, and on the other side, I guess both extremes feel like this, right? It's like climbing Mount Everest naked and barefoot. And everybody around you is going, climb. What's wrong with you? Climb. Come on. We're all going. And you're like, um, hello, right? Yeah. <laughs> the reality is in order to support better mood, better thinking, better, literally better thinking, using the front of our brain versus the back of the brain. We have to have the building blocks. Mm -hmm. So the literal connection between the gut and the brain is called the vagus nerve. Think of the vagus nerve, sometimes referred to as nerve X, but think of the vagus nerve as like a five-lane highway. Three of those lanes go gut to brain. Two of those lanes go brain to gut. So you will never outthink the biology of what you are putting in your stomach. Mm. So if we're not giving ourselves building blocks to make the neurotransmitters, right? Building blocks to have energy, to think clearly, it's going to feel impossible. So Moving forward, having balance, salad with a side of fries, requires both pieces of the puzzle Mm -hmm. in order for it to be as transformational as I know it's possible to be. How do you boost your energy? That's the number one question I get. While no supplement is a cure-all, it's an excellent starting point, especially if you rely heavily on caffeine like I used to. I've shifted my habits from incorporating AG1 before my morning coffee, and it's transformed my relationship with it. It's now about enjoyment and not about energy. AG1, a science-driven formulation, includes adaptogens to balance stress and elevate baseline health. Supporting my body's foundational needs has allowed me to cut back on caffeine, staying focused, and energized throughout the day. AG1 is my go-to daily support. Owning your health with AG1. Try it now and receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2. 
Those are the little droppers that you put in your mouth and five free travel packs. And I love the travel packs, especially when I'm not home. With your first purchase at drinkag one that's the number one, drinkag1.com forward slash E-U. So this in my world is the woman i say i have the type a who comes in and says i'm i'm the planner i'm the rescuer i'm the strong one i'm control everybody she may not say that i have a lot of responsibility and i have no time or energy and she's militant and is probably a little chippy and doesn't have many feelings perceived right very walled mm-hmm. and i want the worksheets i want uh, the step-by-step, I want the box. I'm going to be logical. Yep. Then I have the other person, which is interesting because I am both of these. I would say I'm more over here where it's like, I'm the feeler. I'm all about emotion. I'm intuition. And when I started my personal development journey, I mean, I've every season of my life is a different relationship. I was all about this energy piece and I can see how that space where it's like, just meditate your way out of this, just green juice your way out of it. If you're feeling fear, like you need to process the fear first before you take action. And I'm like, no, you are spiritually bypassing your feelings. You are not taking action because you don't have a freaking plan because the word strategy makes you itchy. And so I've had to learn and shift my identity to become both. Yes. And what I'm hearing you say, the balance, your version of that, I'm calling it salad uh, with a side of fries. Mine is emotionally uncomfortable, brave zone, messy middle. When you are in the middle, you are playing that double dutch. I always, you talk about Everest, I talk about double Dutch and I'm like, you're trying to jump in, right? You're like, I want change. I want to lose the weight. I want to feel alive. I want connection in my relationships. You want, you want, you're curious. If you're committed, you're going to jump into that rope. You may get whipped in the face. And that is when you are committed to doing the work and you are in the messy middle. You eat your salad, you have fries, you have your plan, you implement it, you fall flat on your face, but you be committed to get back up and say, I got the rest of my life to figure this out 1% better. Exactly. Exactly. And we, it's a process, right? So there is, it's very slow and annoying by the way. Well, it's funny because I work with clients in 12 weeks, the transformations. I mean, I have a client who's wrapping up now at her and we only weigh in once a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so also divorce the scale for everybody out there. We're going to look at other ways to track our progress on a daily basis. So we only get on the scale once a month. At her first weigh-in at week four, she needed to buy new clothes. I love it. So it's all possible, right? I always say it's not what to eat, it's how to eat. So in the beginning... You know, what? You know why I yeah. think I made that comment? We can see, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. We can physically see the transformation. Yes. The slow and steady progress of changing your identity. Yes. I am that because do you find the body changes first and it's like outside in? So, so I'm going to walk you through a framework that I talk about that can go outside in and inside out. Okay. Um, But the piece to get there, I think, is 
understanding. So we start with the biology piece, Mm -hmm. kind of probably learning for the first time for some people, relearning actual nutrition. And then we can get into sleep and stress and energy and habits and challenges and all the other stuff that make this not quite so simple. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's a reason for attacking it in that way because it helps make it happen and it helps shift that identity in the process. Now, the frameworks I was talking about before, this outermost ring of environment. So think about a bullseye. You have the environment. Then the next layer in are behaviors. Repeated behaviors become habits. Mm-hmm. Habits create the identity, right? So the bullseye is identity. So if we have an identity of I'm a dieter, right? It is infinitely more difficult to figure out the behaviors and the habits and the environment of someone who doesn't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Right? So we can think about it and say, okay, what's the identity that I'm looking to create? So this is inside out. What's the identity I'm looking to create? I'm an active person. I have energy every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm, I always say I'm the type of person that deeply trusts myself. I take decisive action. I feel good. You know, I'm not shaming myself with whatever I put in my mouth. That excellent dirty, but you well, get so, Well, but that piece of it, right? So we have this identity. Then what are the habits of someone with that identity? Oh, they don't shame themselves, right? They have a habit of self-compassion. Mm-hmm. They have a habit of going to get their activity. A little meal prep. Maybe it's meal prep. Food in the fridge. Right. So the habit is, right, taking care of themselves. Yeah. So the behavior that gets us to the habit is the meal prep, right? The behavior we need to do is making sure that there's food in the house. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's a whole lot easier to just focus on having food in the house than to sit there and go, have the identity of the person who's okay, right? Like when we can break it down, then all we have to focus on is the behavior of drinking the water, setting the alarm, right? Those kinds of behaviors. And then the environment piece is most often ignored. And that is to understand that this is very fluid. We might think that we're at that identity piece. Our you know, for example, maybe your activity is on point. You go all the time, no matter what. It is part of who you are. You have that identity. Mm-hmm. And then something changes in the environment. You move. Your kids have a new schedule. You have a new job. Right? That's that outermost ring, that environment changing. Mm-hmm. And it seems to disrupt everything, but we can be so stuck in saying, but I have this identity. All that we need to do is stop for a second and rethink the behaviors. It just pushes us back out into that outer ring to say, okay, I got to focus on the behaviors given this new environment, right? So we can sort of, that's like the inside out and the outside in, mm-hmm. right? And so, And I think it's more fluid, like I said, than most people realize. So just because we've checked the box and we have this identity 
there's always room for things to shift and change. Yeah. We're always evolving. Yes. Yeah. And as people evolve, like our relationships, I know parenting is a big thing I talk about. As our children grow, we our identity is going to evolve as well. I know when my kids shifted into teenhood, I needed to become a different type of person, different role model, different caregiver. And it was like, oh, I'm the one that can hold space like this. And I noticed my food behaviors change as well. So you're giving me a lot of aha moments of like, our environment is constantly evolving regardless of how in control we want to feel. It's not even the big jolts. Like right. the season could change. A grocery exactly. store could close and you're like, now I need to find a new grocery store or something slightly changes. Your kids don't want right. to eat this anymore. Like something will change. And by the way, travel, going back to your story before, travel is yeah. changing the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, insightful because it's so parallel to what we talk about. You said something about like outside in, you know, environment, behaviors, patterns. I mean, we've talked about a lot, get yeah. to identity. And I always say to people, and this is not my quote, but you get to keep what you defend. So have you ever seen people that are like, I am, or you bring something up and you can see the defensiveness? Well, I can't. This is not an excuse. This is my reality right now. And it's, what do you say that is from your perspective? Yeah, it kind of depends. In my world, it kind of depends on what that's about. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, it's a piece that we're not willing to change at that moment. It doesn't mean we're never willing to make changes there or we need to think about it a little differently, mm -hmm. right? So for example, maybe it's the someone who is like, I must pick up my kid. I must be at their every game. Right? And I can tell them stories from my childhood of like being today, being best friends with both of my parents and they were not at everything of everything I ever did always growing up. Right? right. Both of them. And it's all fine. But if they're in this place, right? It's often something where they're like, nope, this is the thing. It's like, okay, cool. Let's work around that then. Mm -hmm. Can we be at the game and maybe pace a little bit? Can we stand behind the bleachers and just commit to moving a little bit while we're there? Yeah. Right? We don't have to go to a gym to get some activity. It doesn't mean not showing up for our kids to do this other thing, right? And the other thing is as we evolve some elements, people will often come back to that and go, wait, you know what I could do? And they'll figure it out, right? But it's that piece of, um, I often say we can have our excuses or we can have our results. And oftentimes our excuses are really our reasons why we need to do the thing that they're our excuse not to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's about how we sort of go about navigating it. And I think that's also the difference between trying to navigate it on your own and working with a coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday. It was like, well, let me figure this out. Let me work on this for a few weeks by myself. What do you say to that? That's okay. You're not. Don't worry about it. Let's just talk about it next time. Yeah. 
They're not ready. Right? Yeah. And that's okay. We're going to focus on these things. That actually wasn't on our list of things for you to do (laughs) when you're home. So don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. So when there's defense there, to me, it just energetically, it feels like the door is closed. Let me keep this. Let me keep this. I am not ready to let this go yet. Um, And I see this a lot with, with women who are like, whether they're on the outside and they're circling or, you know, it's like, come on in. Well, I need to know exactly what's going to look like. I need, and I was like, control, 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 control. And it's like, yeah. are you ready to let go? Let going, letting go right. and surrender is, can be terrifying. I remember having an identity shift that felt incredibly scary. And I remember, I think I lost 20 pounds mm-hmm. and maybe more gained a little bit back. And I'm happy and content right now, but it, the it, it's never over. It's like, okay, right. how can I get stronger? What else can I do? Like, there's always curiosities there. Um, but I remember being in the middle of COVID, losing that weight. And I was so happy that nobody could see me because I, I felt so vulnerable and fragile that I didn't want the comments. And then, of course, I would see somebody and depending on who they were, someone would make an inappropriate comment Oof. and I'm like, I could feel it. And I was like, Oh my God, Heather, don't, don't like feel exposed. And then of course someone else would be like, you're glowing. And I was like, thank you. Compliment the yeah. energy, not the body. Always, always. Yeah. I say it all the time. And it, whenever there's an, and like I said, it kind of depends on the resistance, but whenever there's resistance, there are also other doors that are open. Yeah. And so if you're willing to play with the doors that are open, eventually we can look at where there is that resistance. Sometimes we have those doors closed as our way of trying to, like you said, right? Trying to have this control. Mm -hmm. And I see it a lot when um, people have hit a plateau or they're afraid of hitting a plateau, right? And they can sort of revert back to some old behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on the science. This is not science. This is my own theory. (laughs) But I often think that we, when we hit that place where we're nervous that we can't keep going, where we've never been to this place before, Mm -hmm. We go, well, how am I going to keep going? When else did I have that motivation that I feel like I need right now? Oh, it was in the beginning. What motivated me in the beginning? Oh, I was really unhappy. Usually pain. And then we try to beat ourselves up into compliance because we think that the path forward requires the motivation. The motivation we've known up to this point is this negative pain. And so part of the process also is to shift what motivates us. Shifting to being motivated and energized by what we do want rather than what we don't want. And that's new for a lot of people. So that's also part of the work and part of what helps make it sustainable and a lifelong you know, exciting experiment (laughs) rather than this process of pushing and pulling and fighting and 
you know, fighting against our bodies versus working with them. I am clearly a different person since the last time we met. Like I can see this so it's, it's from a different lens, a different perspective. And I see the parallels in the work that I do with women when it comes to relationships. Food is yes. just a relationship. And it's yep. funny because it just pops up in mysterious ways. Um, And I'm sure you hear this a lot. Like, I thought I figured that out. I thought I solved that problem. How come this yep. happened? And then boom. And I know we talked about self-sabotage on your podcast. You interviewed me. Um, don't know if it's out yet or vice versa because we don't know the dates. But um. Anywho, Jen, I feel like you and I could go on and on and on forever I know. about this. You'll have to come back. We'll have to have like a part two or something. Um, where can people find you? And if someone's listening to you and they're like, I very much resonate with her style and her message. Yeah. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them about coaching, all the things. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me. I love chatting. I know we could really like keep going forever. Um, podcast is salad with a side of fries. So find it wherever you like to listen. Website is a salad with a side of fries.com. And my social media, I'm Jen Trepic on all handles. It's or on all platforms. It's J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. So wherever it's easy for you, send a message. Actually, I'll also make sure that your team has um, the link for a complimentary discovery call. So let's chat. I want to hear from you. Um, and let's see how we can help you living your best life on all fronts. I love that. It is, oh, yeah. I feel like this generation of technology and opportunity can be overwhelming, but I truly believe that we are here to do big things and to change a lot of cultural conversations. And I just wanted to say thank you, Jen. I truly believe you're doing good work in the world that's making a big impact. Well, thank you. And likewise. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make green smoothies for a living, but I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving and you want to find out exactly where to focus and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes. 
and it will change your life. I also, on the inside, show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E, quiz. 